So, I had this dream I was having sex, but then halfway through, I realized at some point during it, he had died and I had to just keep going. What do you think that means? Did I write that one or did I just dream it? Anyway, Kathy was crying at her desk for most of the day today. Almost the entire office hovered over her, trying to console her like useless fucking guardian angels. I guess some dumb guy got wise and dumped her. I'd like to revel and relish and wallow in her tear-drowned pain, but I can't. I'm consumed with the burning rage, a volcanic inferno of jealousy. Not for Kathy, she probably deserves every tragedy that befalls her Hammond, but toward the dumb slob that walked away from her. I hate him almost as much as I hate her. No one, and I mean no one, is allowed to hurt Kathy before me or worse than me. Or better, whatever. If I find out whom that enterprising guy is, if I find out where this guy lives, oh man. First, I'll just watch him. I'll watch him from bus stops and bushes around corners. I'll stalk him like he's a sick baby wildebeest and I'm a genetically modified cyborg lion. A lion with jet engines for legs and chainsaw teeth and a globally accurate laser targeting system. And when he's alone, thinking he's safe and sound at home, which I will eventually discover to be 332 man per way, I'll slip in, sneak up behind him, and wait. I'll wait until he feels my fiery eyes scorching twin holes into the back of his head. I'll wait until he turns and our eyes meet. Then, his face will be nicely introduced to the business end of my favorite ball-peen hammer. I deny the warm spray of blood on my face doesn't excite me, but denial is only for therapy patients and the baby Moses. I mean, don't get me wrong, I wish he could have seen the flensing knife I'm going to use on him, but this isn't all about the pain I can inflict on this poor bastard, it's about exercising the source of the pain. It's about burning out the infection to ensure the body of Kathy goddammit Hammond is left healthy and clean so I can break her and drag her through the filth the rest of us have to trudge through daily. I mean, this isn't the first time I've had to deal with a problem like this. Hell, it isn't even the sixth time. On the last episode of Paid Suicide of the Stars, the Passage Prime Game Show host managed to find the atropine in the piles of broken glass by taking off his pants to save his hands. Yeah, didn't help his knees any, though. No, it did not, and it didn't help his luck with the ladies either. <laughs> but it did save his heart from exploding after being stung by all of those bioengineered death wasps. And then there was that model who tried to be an actress, failed miserably because of her obvious lack of natural talent, and tried to return to modeling, only to find out that Time Scroll Passage had betrayed her and younger models had taken her place on a subjectively objective beauty-based hierarchy that is ultimately ridiculous to begin with. Yeah, that's right, but I'm sure the burn ward is the best place she can find herself now. Or the morgue, you mean. <laughs> <laughs> but this week promises more thrills, chills, and spills as a former Hollywood heavyweight who got pulled over for a taillight being out and made some, let's say, racially colorful comments and fell into obscurity, faces off against... An actress who left the spotlight after playing a socially poignant role in pop culture and found herself typecast to raise her family away from the glitz and glamour. Until now, they're back! We have an Oscar award-winning director for this episode, folks. Back from a self-imposed exile from Europe, 
on, on this page suicide, suicide of the stars. stars. She's come back to the limelight to prove herself and get her kids that shine bright, better life upgrade package. And he's looking for any scrap of redemption he can grab up, even in death. They'll face the fear room and the flesh-rending surgeon fish. They'll face the clacking macro genitals of the terror nuns. They'll face it all on Page Suicide of the Stars tonight. The very first time, I just wanted to get a good look at the walking pile of low self-esteem that was latching itself on to Kathy a shark to all the Lampreys Hammond. I sat outside the cozy little Italian joint where he took her to impress her on their second date. I sat in my car eating barbecue corn nuts as they sipped overpriced red wine and supped oysters. I followed them when he dropped her off at her apartment. I followed them when he dropped her off at her apartment on the modestly nice side of town. I chuckled to myself when all he got was an awkward hug and a daintily reluctant peck on the cheek. He had flown too close to the sun asking her out, and now his masculine ego had burnt its wings only to crash and, well, burn I guess. I followed him home just to check out if he was going to be angry or just get depressed and drunk. Or maybe, Elder God's willing, be so fucking dejected and shattered that he killed himself. I mean, I just had to see if that happened. I guess I was following him too closely, because when he pulled into his driveway, instead of going inside to hopefully suck off a shotgun, he just stood there and stared at me parked two houses down, staring at him. At first, I wasn't sure he was actually looking at me, but when he broke into a sprint toward me, his eyes almost brilliantly glowing with a confused madness, I knew. I knew, and I panicked. I started my car and frantically shifted. I sped 30 feet backwards, taking out a mailbox, before it dawned on me I was in reverse. I slammed the stick shift into drive so fast and hard, I suddenly felt a terror that my transmission would just fall out. The gas and brake pedals were a two-piece puzzle my brain and feet couldn't figure out. By the time my brain and right foot got their shit together, he was a hundred feet away and closing in on my admittedly less-than-innocent voyeurism. By the time I realized I had revved up, mowed him down, and drove off, I was halfway home and amazed that my windshield fluid worked astonishingly well on his blood and other assorted viscera. I'm not ashamed to admit that I pulled over and puked on the side of the road down the street between the dairy hut and the temple of Shogthoth, he who will enrich us all with his golden excrement. I'm only kind of ashamed that instead of stopping at the police station on Kindness Street, I just kept driving until I pulled into my garage way too calmly and laughed for like an uncomfortable amount of time laughing. My heart didn't even skip a beat when I excised suitor number whatever, this newest dead loser on a long list of dead losers that had coincidentally dated Kathy, her heart must remain pure so I can puree at Hammond. By this point, I was getting pretty good at stalking my prey. I'd gotten fairly proficient at the disposing of the never going to get that third date with her assholes. I had now started thinking of myself not as a cold-blooded killer, but an angel of mercy. I was saving these poor dumb animals from falling into the inescapable lure of Kathy nothing escapes her gravity, not even light Hammond. She was going to chew them up and spit them out with her perfection. She was going to regurgitate these simpletons, these dullards, and return them to the streets as emotionally broken puddles of vomit. I was doing the Lord's work. I felt the divine tentacles of some beloved horror moving me in those quiet and precise moments. And I was saving 
Kathy probably couldn't take care of herself anyway, Hammond. If even one of these guys harmed a hair on her head or made her heart break even one fucking millimeter, then my eventual revenge and subsequent destruction of Kathy, I will truly enjoy her annihilation, Hammond, will have become cheapened and discounted and ruined. She would be mine in heart, in mind, and in body. My hate for her gave me purchase to her fate. Now, I had to come to an understanding with both the universe and myself. No one was going to hurt her if it wasn't me. And as I made my way into this upscale yuppie shoebox of a condo, I realized two things. One, I knew this was not the last time I have to do something like this, not by a long shot. Second, at this point, I should have learned to use the hammer before I brandished the flensing knife. I Hate Kathy Hammond is written by Douglas Allen and co-produced by Kate Pumplin and Douglas Allen. It features the voice talents of Douglas Allen, Kate Archuleta, Kate Pumplin, and Christy Wolf. For more information, please visit us at www.bacnpodcast.com. And if you like what you hear, check out our other shows like Black Falls, Nerd Vomit, and Fear Agents. 